Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Hello everyone. We are very excited to have another episode with myself, Walid and Bara. Uh, today we will have the first episode of our reoccurring episodes uh, with the theme of Ramadan around the world. Uh, we do that because, you know, we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the ayah, Ya ayyuhal nas, inna khalaqnaakum min dhakaran wa untha wa ja'alnaakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila li-ta'arafu, inna karamakum indallahi atqaakum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O men, behold, we have created you all of male and a female, and have made you into nations and tribes so that you might come to know one another. Uh, this verse is one of one of the nicest verses that we can uh, hear and read uh, because it brings people of all sorts of life together. And today we will have our first um, person to interview, uh, Ahmed Bawazir. I'll give you guys a little bit of an intro about Ahmed. Uh, I've met Ahmed in the spring of 2015. Um, he's just came from Yemen. So we'll be talking to him about Ramadan in Yemen. Uh, it was his first time coming to the United States. He took a whole semester in English so he can, you know, uh, learn the language more in depth. And then he took off uh, to Northeastern in Boston um, in the fall of 2015. Okay. Um, so Ahmed has majored in civil engineering and currently okay. he works in Boston in a, in a structure civil engineering company. He is making an impact around the world by bettering himself every day. But Faisal, was, was he uh, at VCU for his that, that year that he was learning English that you said? Yes, and I met him on the soccer field in Cary Street Gym in the indoors. We played together, so that's where I met Ahmed. Spring 2015? Um, spring 2015, yeah. Wait, I was, I was at VCU there. How come I didn't meet him? Both of you guys were there. Are we supposed to know everybody that Faisal meets by? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, cool, 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 Faisal. That's nice. And how'd y'all keep in touch like during this time? As he was, you said he was away. Yes, right? he, he was away. He was in but mashallah, guys, you know there is the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, right? You would think he's the most active person on Facebook, right? You would think. But in matter oh, but of fact, is... Ahmed Dawazir <laughs> is the most active person on Facebook. <laughs> I've kept up with him so much. He has no idea what I've been go doing in life so far. <laughs> um, so yeah, I keep up with him. He's he is very passionate about Yemen. He is, it's in, rooted within him the love for the country and um, and we. I just can't wait for this episode to, to kick off. It's gonna be so much fun. All right. Well, uh, let's let's go ahead and bring him here into the call. All right. I just hit admit. So so face all yeah. You should. You go ahead and you should go ahead and uh, send him that link. All right, about to send him the link right now. All right, Ahmed, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, nice meeting Walid, you guys. It's nice, nice meeting you too. Uh, I'm Walid Elias. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, Ahmed. My name is Bara. Alaikum salam. Hello, Bara. Hi. Well, it's, it's great. It's great having you. Th thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, oh Faisal yeah, absolutely. Faisal told, Faisal told us so much about you. And we're really excited for uh, for for you just being on and just giving us your time. And sorry about the technical things as we as we oh no worries, that, no worries. But, but but we're great that you're on. Okay, well, Ahmed. So uh, we will start here. Uh, if you can just uh, like a like a quick, you know, where where you're from, how long you've lived there, uh, when you moved here. Faisal said, I think you moved here 2015. If your family yeah. came with you, and how often you go back to Yemen. Okay, great. So basically, I come from Yemen. Specifically, I come from the state of Hadramaut. It's the biggest state in Yemen. Uh, in Hadramaut, I, co I come from like a Wadi Dawan. It's called Wadi Dawan. We have the best honey in the world. That's what we believe. I, <laughs> I love this so much. So, no I wonder think people are so sweet. I came there. here like. 
Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> Have you met any Yemenis before? No, I haven't. Uh, my my grandpa he he's from Hadramaut, but from a different wadi. Okay. So yeah, I came oh, from from a different what? Like valley, valley different valley. Oh, oh okay, yeah. okay, okay. Okay. So yeah, basically wadi Don that means Doan Valley. Uh, I came here 2015, uh, January 2015, and I came directly to New York, spent a week there, went to Miami, spent like 10 days, and then that's basically taking the cultural shock from its end. And then I went back to Richmond, and that's where I started my, my journey. Uh, I did English there at VCU. Their English program was amazing. I did it for four months, and then I moved to Boston. That's where I took like the TOEFL exam, which is like for international students. Uh, English requirement you take it and then you join university and I joined Northeastern here uh, I would say I stayed here for five years without oh. going back oh, wow. and that was the wow. most like devastating thing because uh, the reason is that you know all the visa stuff and issues uh, especially like after President Trump took administration and uh, yeah it was pretty much tough I enjoyed it though the the fact that I wasn't able to go back to Yemen is hilarious and was super annoying to me. But I think I took advantage of it and I went toward like the positive side. I traveled everywhere in the US. I tried to go every single place, see places, see different people, learn about the culture, especially that when you go back to Yemen, and it's the same thing even for Americans here. What we know about each other is bad things. Over there, they think America is the worst place. And in here, they think Yemen is the worst place. So that was the thing that I didn't believe in. And after like being in both sides, I think it's completely like misconception and misunderstanding. Sorry. And that's why I, I enjoyed it the most. So me being here for five years now, I only went three months ago. And that was honestly just like to make it even more true is uh, when I first came here, I stayed for three months. And then my father passed away. Oh, no. So it was really tough for me being like the oldest uh, and being here just like for a couple of months, maximum three months, I guess. And then I had to go back. I went back. Uh, I couldn't go. I couldn't attend basically his like funeral because of all this like visa stuff. But then I went even uh, like two weeks after. At least I was able to be with my family for like a short period of time. And then I came back to the U.S. after like a month and a half. And then I started my journey at VCU. Um, yeah, I did my English. I joined Northeastern. Did my undergrad at Northeastern. It was awesome. Three years and a half. Did, my, did an internship at uh, Suffolk Construction Company here in the U.S. And then during my last semester, I was, a, I was able to secure like a full-time job here in Boston as well. And that's what I'm doing now, basically. I'm working for a company. Alhamdulillah. Dude, mashallah, that's, that's amazing, man. That's crazy. That's really cool. Uh, the fact that you've been able to like come here from a different country and be able to like secure a full-time job. and Man, that's, that's, subhanAllah, man. That's awesome. Alhamdulillah. Uh, alhamdulillah, indeed. It's crazy how you mentioned the first place you went to when you came from Yemen was New York and then you went to Miami and then you came to <laughs> <Yeah>. Richmond. <laughs> that is the culture shock. How, how, did you, how did you choose Richmond? So basically, you know, I came with a group and through like a specific uh, private scholarship and a governmental one. I combined them both and I came. 
So in order for me to be alone, that's what that was my first the first thing I thought of is just I want to be by myself. If I want to learn English, then I don't want to be with other like people who speak Arabic. And I'm sure if I was with them, I would have been speaking Arabic for longer yeah. periods, you know. So I chose Richmond because no one was there. No one chose to go to that place. <laughs> I think I made the right decision by going there. It was really nice, really interesting. I learned a lot. And the fact that I was surrounded by, I think there were like specific program at VCU where they brought like 30 people from different countries, but most of them were from England. And I just like, I was surrounded by people who speak English and only English. And I had no choice. I had to adapt. So it was really like interesting. And I met Faisal, by the way. And it was one of the most, most amazing things. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I didn't meet, I didn't see you at VCU. I don't, I don't know. Did we meet at VCU? Because I was there when you were there. He was like the Cristiano Ronaldo of the uh, Care Street Gym indoor. Indoor? Indoor, indoor only? Uh, so not outdoor. Field. So not outdoor? Outdoor too. I think you, Ahmed, you played outdoor too, right? I did. I played outdoor. But indoor was... It was fun. It was a lot of fun. At yeah. VCU. No, I missed those I days, it. man. Those were really fun days. Well, Ahmed, I, I wanted to ask you, actually. I, I mean, so one of the, the main themes of this episode is that we really want to get to know how Ramadan is like in other parts of the world. Because, you know, for me and Walid, uh, most of us have been raised here in America. Uh, and so all we see is how when we think of Ramadan, we, we only have this picture of how Ramadan is like in America. Um, so, like, what is, uh, you know, the earliest Ramadan memories you have back in, Ramadan, uh, back in Yemen, sorry, during Ramadan? Okay. So, just to put it in place, in 2001 and 2002, I attended Ramadan in Saudi Arabia, in KSA, specifically Jeddah. And then I moved, I moved to Yemen. Before that, I was in Yemen, but then I went to Saudi Arabia for three years, and then I came back to Yemen. And from 2002 until like 2014, all my Ramadans were in Yemen. From 2015 until 2020, inshallah, all my Ramadans we're here in the U.S. Ramadan in Yemen is, is different. It's, it's completely different compared to Ramadan in here. I miss being there. I miss having Ramadan there. Like, that's 100%. There is no way to compare. But a typical day for Ramadan in Yemen would be, like, say, well, let's start from Al-Fajr prayer. Like, we'll start from there. And I'll give you, like, yeah, a typical day. Yeah, so you have your sahur. And then after having your sahur, you would basically recite some Quran Kareem. And then we would go to the mosque or the masjid to do the prayer. After that, we're going to come back uh, from, from Salah. Many people would recite Quran again. But usually others, and this is pretty interesting, is that, you know, the internet in Yemen is so bad. It's really <laughs> the worst in the world. If you Google it, you'll see it. So what people no, do, wait, really? Like the worst, absolute worst? Everywhere, it's the worst. So what people, what people do is that they try to take advantage of that period where everyone is almost sleeping <laughs> because oh, it's really oh, oh, I, see, like I see this. Strong. It's strong so that they yeah. use it. Uh, hey, <laughs> some people use it, some people sleep, and then they wake up. Wake up well, the waking up in Yemen or the waking up times is different because, uh, you know, some people have work, some people they don't, so it depends. But usually... And definitely before like Al-Dhuhr, Al-Dhuhr prayer. And then we go to Salah, and then we come back. That period of time, we usually like try to uh, read Quran, recite Quran. Or if our families need something from the market, that's when we go and try to grab it. 
to prepare for iftar. Sometimes we use this also to watch like TV. They watch TV a lot in there. And this is com it, it's common in Yemen. Until like Al-Asr, uh, sometimes after Al-Asr prayer, I mean, reading, reading Quran or reciting Quran is, usually we try to take advantage of it be either before the, the prayer or right after. During, during Al-Asr, I would say they do the same. Some people, they just like go outside to buy stuff, especially like from the market during Al-Asr. Or they do what's called Halagat. Like we go to the mosque and we gather and we recite Quran in groups. That's a common thing. That's a common thing in Yemen. Uh, also, during Al-Asr, we usually try to go outside and gather with friends. They do it because the weather is so nice. It's not like super hot like in the, in the afternoon. And we differentiate between the afternoon or that period of time from 12 till 3 and that period of time from 3 till like 6. So, and here everything is in the afternoon. So, when it comes to iftar, the most interesting thing is that I miss it so much. Like, I'm not having iftar in here. It's, it's tough, you know, when you have your family. We come together, families, and what makes it so special is that there's this prospect in some, especially in like the small villages where they share. Sharing is one of the most interesting thing in Yemeni iftar. Like, for example, say we're going to cook something at, in our house and then we're, we're going to try to take some, give it to like another, like our neighbors, say. And then we're going to receive a different thing from them. Oh, so, so like exchange of plates. You give them a plate basically, and then... yeah. Nice. Yeah, exchanging meals, basically, between like neighbors. Sometimes they do it even between like groups. Like say we have five, six houses together. Then one day we're going to have a star in my house. The next day we might have a star in someone else's house. And it's just like this. So that's a very interesting thing. I love it. Because you don't just like get to eat different stuff, but also you get to be with your like friends, families, neighbors, and it's really like interesting. What we usually eat, it's sambusa. I, I feel like you know sambusa, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. it's a common thing. It's yeah. just like we do it with different stuff. Like we do it with potatoes, cheese, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. onions, just like different styles. I don't have, yeah, <laughs> I don't have this in here. To everyone, we're still like 3 p.m. Eastern time. We have like five hours still left <laughs> <Yeah. all> time. <laughs> <laughs> so iftar, it's different and even the mentality of having iftar is different. Like some people would say, okay, let's have iftar and then rest, go to pray, Alaysha uh, and then Taraweeh and then come back and have dinner. While others know they're going to have iftar, wait for one hour, half an hour, and then have dinner. And then go to pray, Alaysha. So it's different from one place to another. Uh, usually, the also like something that's special in Yemen, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure it's like in other countries, but for Salat al-Isha and Taraweeh, we usually like have it, have different times. So if you can't catch up the prayer at 8 p.m., you can go to the one uh -huh. at 9. You can go uh -huh. to the one at 10. Ahmed, you know? when, so, do you mean like different masjids have different times when they start? Exactly, okay, yeah. So you have to travel yeah. to go so, to a different masjid to catch a different time. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But I've never heard like of you, that before. You have, you have the option. You have the option of like basically praying at a later time. Or an earlier time and the good thing is that most of the messages they are close to each other like it, it, it's not that you're gonna travel a very long time to catch the prayer at a different time so it's good 
Um, Can I ask? I think yeah. Sure. sure. Sorry, you mentioned this just now, and I wanted to ask. Uh, we we mentioned this in a different episode. The whole idea of when tarawih, when do you, when you break your fast, do you just go into the fee into the feast and then you go to tarawih? And you mentioned how you guys pray. Uh, you have iftar very lightly, and then you have the big meal after after isha or after tarawih. Okay. So the thing is, first of all, even like for iftar, we try to do it like especially men. They go to the mosque. They pray and do like and they do like very simple iftar, like say dates and some mm-hmm. stuff like that. Dates, and then they come back yeah, to their yeah, houses. Yeah, they come back to their houses, and that's where where they start like a heavy meal of iftar. Okay, it's after Maghrib. Some people so after you. Yeah, after Maghrib. Okay. Some people they after this like meal they wait for an hour and then they do another heavy meal, which is called dinner. Some some people they don't do it right away. They go they pray al isha and al tarawih. Usually in Yemen, al isha and al tarawih is back to back. Like, we don't pray Al-Isha and then wait, go, and then come back to do Taraweeh. Though, you have this option in some of the masjids. Yeah, so that's the good thing, is that it's kind of flexible, and I really like that. Because sometimes you get stuck with something, and, oh, I'm missing Taraweeh. No, you're not missing it. You just need to basically go probably five minutes more, or like three minutes more, to catch it at some other place. Ahmed, you mentioned iftar. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite iftar? Well, I honestly miss my mother's sambosa, especially the cheese one and and meat. We do it with meat. During it's a common thing during our dinner to have soup. We call it churba. And we do it with, with with meat. This is a very common thing. You'll have it everywhere. And in terms of dessert, we have the flan. If you go to a Spanish restaurant in here and you ask them for flan, they do it pretty good. So that's a common thing that we have after dinner. How how is the uh, Ahmed? How, how's like the the work schedule in, in Yemen during Ramadan? So I I lived in Saudi for a few years, uh, and and uh, I remember I think Faisal, correct me if I'm wrong, is I think they had like half days or like the 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 schedule was definitely adjusted for during Ramadan. I think the last ten days we had off actually, or my dad had off. I wasn't working, but my dad had off. How's the how's the work schedule in in Yemen? I think. Some places, especially essential needs, they start at around like 9, 10 a.m. Some people, they start like after Al-Dhuhr prayer. So they start around 1 p.m. And then they stay all the way until before Iftar. And then they close. They go to do like their uh, Iftar and then dinner. And most of them, they open right after Tarawih. Which is around what time? Like 10 p.m.? 9, 10 Depending on, I mean, if you want to open at nine, then you're gonna go to the mosque that prays uh, at like eight or seven. So it depends. And then they open again at after tarawih, and then they stay all the way until like two or I think sometimes three, depending on like the time for for sahur. Do a lot of people usually, you know, like for I feel like the culture maybe maybe it's just here, but the culture here is very much stay up late at night. Right uh, after, is that similar in Yemen at all? Do, do people usually stay up really late at night, or yeah. is it, it they do? They do. Yeah. So I think what we do is, especially for me, after tarawih, I go outside and I meet with friends. A common thing we do is we play like board games. Okay. We play, yeah, we play board games out in the streets. It it doesn't have to be like in in a closed place, you know. We play domino. I don't know if you know domino, oh, yes. but yeah, it's it's common thing. Like everyone plays it. And you will see them, for example, uh, sitting next to the to the sea or sitting next to what's called... Uh, it's not a canal. It's called Khawr. So I don't know how to really? basically translate that into English. It's not a river. 
it's the water comes from the sea but is it's it just stream? like like a stream it's, in, it's not a stream there is like a specific name for it um it's not a gulf it's something similar similar to a gulf but it's just like a place where it's around the water so you sit there uh, there are some cafes and stuff around the area and then people gather there and then they they play these board games they chat they do everything and we usually do that until like almost around sahur uh, sahur time well, I'm, yeah. I'm so a, that's a common thing my grandpa always tells me that the best there's two things that come from hadramut that, that are the best the honey and the hadramuti tea <laughs> the way you guys make black tea is very special do you guys do these things while you're playing the board games is like ongoing consumption i think yeah that's 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 for sure i mean we don't do honey during that time because it's really expensive and you usually eat it at your at your house but the tea is yeah and i think when he mentioned the tea to you i think he meant what's called bukhari so it's it's special like yeah the way you prepare that type of tea is really special so it's not a common thing. That's what they do it sometimes in some cafes, but usually at uh, at home. And that's, I think, what he meant. And by the honey, it's like the honey from Doan. It's the best. But it's really expensive. I remember, like, my first time I came to the U.S., actually, the guy at the at the airport, he, he threw it. Like, he took it from me, and he threw it. And I was telling Bro, relax, chill. This is seven hundred. Oh, he bucks. threw it like like customs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, customs. oh no. And oh, I was no. telling him, listen, it's either you take it, and I'm happy with that, or you let me take it. This bottle of honey, it's gonna cost at least around like five hundred to seven hundred dollars. So please chill. And it's just like he didn't he didn't care, and he threw it. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. That's crazy. Ahmed, you, so you you talk you talk a lot about the the social aspect you know like you guys hang out after trawi and 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 uh you just like just you know going to the masjids together and all of this and especially with with covid and i know you you, you haven't gone back home in, in in a bit but i'm sure you keep up with family and your friends that are back there and, and they're sort of um their sort of lifestyle so so what how how has covid i mean your ramadan for sure i mean it's definitely impacted you personally here but how has it impacted uh those in yemen so up until now, there was only one case in Yemen. And it recovered, right? So no cases in Yemen. They tried to close like the mosques and everything two weeks before Ramadan. But then everyone started like going against the government. So what they did now is they opened the mosques. Everything is open. So in Yemen, you know, the thing is because like all the airports were closed. For a very long time until like corona hit the world and then ironically they opened like some of the airports to receive people from other countries like yemenis who are coming from other countries that was almost for two weeks i think and then when people came in they closed them back so you can't enter or go out of yemen right now but they believe that there are, are no cases so life is normal in there they go to the mosque they gather Everything is almost normal in a very weird way. It's just like social distancing is occurring. But honestly, and it's sad to say it, people don't care up until this point. They think that they don't have any cases. They shouldn't be doing what other people are doing, even though we keep like telling them, guys, chill, this is a serious thing. If it hits Yemen, 
we will be the worst all over the world. We have the essential needs. We don't have the essential needs. We don't have anything to stand against this like disease. They don't understand. And everything right wow. now is going like normal. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so they're so, having Ramadan. Yeah, so, so 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 they're going like normal schedule, like normal Ramadan, normal hanging everything. out, iftar, masjid, tarah, totally, like every yeah. wow. That's, everything is normal. Started crazy. yesterday. Wow. Are they like wow. keeping I saw pictures this morning um from I forgot what the country was, but they were praying Tarawih and they had six feet distance from one another. And oh, really? Yeah, and they had. I think it was in Afghanistan, if I'm correct. And yeah, um, I think so. I saw it. Is that the same thing in Yemen right now? Are they at least doing that, or is you know people are standing next to each other? I mean, at least I can speak of this because I heard it in my state in Hadramaut. They told them to open the mosques and the masjids and to pray, but they told them to take to basically. Start wearing masks, like wash your hands, do all the basic stuff and guidance that the CDC here is implementing. I don't think people will follow it. They took some measurements, but will the people follow it or not? That's a tough question. And it's going to be clear in the upcoming days, but I don't think so, honestly. But right now they pray in, in a normal way. No, this, no, like they're not apart from each other or something. No, they're doing it just like. As normal. Wow, I was under the assumption that everybody in the whole world has been shut down. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. I don't I think we're part of that, that world. <laughs> 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 hey, I'm telling you, it's okay. probably so, that honey and that teeth. It's you too know? sweet, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so, honestly so, so. what I think is that we we got like basically vaccines for malaria, for like uh, tuberculosis, all of these stuff, all the time, and they keep saying that if you got immunized to against like these diseases then you should be good i don't know all yemenis probably did it multiple times yeah so so, so, Ahmed, so, so we're we're talking about yemen and i i honestly thought there'd be a lot of you know changes and it would be interesting especially how, how you talked about the social the social the social aspects there so so what about for you here now uh so so you said like the last few years you're doing ramadan here how and definitely a difference from you going from home and you know, all your family and all that social to here where you're by yourself especially because you went to richmond right where you said you went there because nobody else was there and so you'd be able to speak english so you went from like a huge social to very much isolated for the most part so yeah. how has your ramadans in the last few years been man honestly and just like to be honest i don't think i'm having ramadan in here like, I'm fasting, I'm trying to pray, I'm trying to recite Quran. But it's that spiritual need, man, that's missing. And that social gathering that's basically not here. I mean, this is my sixth Ramadan in the United States. I would only say that two out of these six times that I felt at least close to what was back home. And the reason is that I lived with other Yemenis, other Hadramis. So we would cook together, we would just play together, we'd write, we would try to create that environment that we're missing, right? Unless, it's, I did Ramadan in different places here in the US. Once I was in DC, another one was in Richmond, uh, multiple in Boston. So it's, it's just like the community. I, I feel like if you are surrounded by an Islamic community, that will bring you close to what you are used to back home in Yemen. But it's still not the same. But in sometimes, like now, I'm by myself. I live with people who doesn't 
who don't know what's Ramadan and or even if they know, they won't care much. So say you want to cook at like a later time, you might struggle. You might need to do everything like earlier so that you don't like bother them. And I know they need to respect you, but all, you also need to respect them. And you are in a country where you should basically understand that uh, you're in their place. So you should respect that. I feel it's tough. I haven't been able to... I'm trying to adapt as much as possible. I'm trying to cook. I learned how to cook when I first came. I didn't. So that was a really good thing. An advantage of me having Ramadan by myself. Uh, I used to live like close to the mosque. So it was a good thing. I keep going to the mosque. Now I live very far from the mosque. So it's, it's really tough. Uh, none in the surrounding area is from where I come from. It's pretty tough. I'm I'm honestly saying that I think it's pretty tough, but the most thing is that spiritual link that I'm missing, and that gathering with my with my family. Wow, that's yeah. that's crazy that you've been here for that long and still that hole is there, right? That's that's crazy. That's it's because uh, I don't stay in the same place, man. I I think that's that's probably the reason is that I'm not always in the same place, so that's why. Whenever I go to another place, I need to reconnect and I need to remake my own community, you know? that I think that's that's the gap is there because of this. Ahmed, it seems like you are living a truly nomadic journey. <laughs> where you're just <laughs> yeah, on a constant travel. And you know, Ahmed, I, I say this with like really, uh, it's, 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 I did this once. Uh, I I went to Ramadan in Houston alone, and I experienced that. And I couldn't just. I wanted to go back home, and I had family close by. But for you to do this constantly over the course of multiple years, um, that that's that's really, uh, you know, it's 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 a matter of courage, mashallah. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a question that you know we can end on a, a very kind of bright note, and and just look forward to you know the last aspect of Ramadan in different cultures. Um, and that is, how do you prep for Eid in Hadramut, uh, in Yemen? And what what is kind of the environment there? I mean, it's special, man. The the minute I remember, okay, Eid is coming, then that's it. So basic, basically, we kind of, okay, what they do also, like in Ramadan, during Ramadan, before even Eid, sometimes they do what's called Khatm in Yemen. And that's basically, they do special gatherings at different mosques. And as you know, in Hadramaut, we have different, like, um, different people follow, like, different uh, mm. madhab, you know? Yeah. You know what's called, yeah, yeah. what's madhab? So th there are, like, multiple, sectors. like, uh, wait, yeah, wait, sectors. Ahmed, actually, wait, people before you move on, let's just remind our audience. Madhab is basically the different schools of thought, of Islamic thought. Uh, yeah, so yeah exactly. Okay. So, Go ahead. different people have different things in, in Hadramaut. And in Yemen in general. So they practice their way of worshipping God in like different means. Although everyone believes that there is only one God and we, uh, Muhammad is our prophet. Peace be upon him. So yeah, for Eid, we we try to basically like 10 days before, before Eid, people usually start going outside to basically buy some clothes for for Eid, and that's a very common thing. Prices skyrocket as well, which is bad. But yeah, that's how we usually like prepare. And then we also like try to meet with uh, our families, relatives, like 
a time ahead of time before Eid and then after Eid. So basically, we have a specific schedule. I think every family has its own, but it's first day of Eid. It's just where you be with your family, uh, eat breakfast, special one. Most of the time, it's meat, and then relax. And then the second day, that's when you go and try to visit every single one of your relatives. Some people, they have like different dates, but it's the, the very first 10 days where you try to go from one place, from one house to another, and that's where you, especially if you're a kid, you start like collecting money, <laughs> gifts, and stuff like that, which I, love, I, love, I used to love. Yes. Yeah, the bad thing, man, about this thing, and I just remember that. So I used to have many like grandparents and... Uh, I used to visit every single one of them. And then, man, a year after year, you start losing them one after the other. And that's where the... It's tough. I mean, you don't have... Last time... I, I remember last time I was there, I had I was only left with one or two to visit. While in the past, I used to visit like six, seven. So that means also, like, I was a kid. So even the prizes go down, you know? The gifts go down and everything. <laughs> It was tough. It was tough. But yeah, we enjoy it so much. But it's just like for a matter of like 10 days, I guess. Yeah. Ahmed, can I ask you? So, so this, might, this might come from here, but do you have like a specific, and it doesn't have to be like an Eid memory, I just say a general Ramadan memory. Like, is there like a specific memory that from Yemen of a specific time that you remember uh, of like whether during Ramadan or Eid or. Uh, like a special, a special one. Just, just, just like one that sticks out that maybe that makes you have. So especially since you're here now, right? That you're you're alone and you think back of this, you know, this this country that you left and and you love Ramadan and stuff there. Is there like this one like ha- I mean, outside of just the general friends make you happy, family makes you happy. Yeah. But like specific something that this was really good. This was like a special moment. I honestly, the only thing that I think special right now is that Ramadan that I had with my father in, in Saudi Arabia. Because, you know, that's the only thing that clicks right now, especially that I lost him. Uh, other than that, like, every Ramadan has its own, like, events and moments that you won't forget. But it's going to be, at one way or another, it's the same. But the meaning of having, like, that Ramadan with my father and being able to go outside, get stuff with him and uh, help him. He used to cook, even for my mother. So mm-hmm. that, that, that part is... The part that clicks all the time. And I can't forget, I guess. Um, so what's so that, special about Ramadan in here for you guys? In America? In America? Yeah, in America. Bar, you go. Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bar, you can't um, say that, though, because you've been here, like, your whole life. So there's got to be yeah, something, right? No, no, yeah. I mean, um, no, alhamdulillah. Like, I, I, it's, it's kind of, it's almost similar to what you're saying, uh, Ahmed, that the fact that, you know, like what's special about it is that like I get to you know have dinner with my family, like we all get together because you know during the year, uh, everyone's just so busy. Like even if we live together, we're just so busy because I have work, my dad works, my brother goes to school, so we don't really see each other, you know. And sometimes we eat dinner at different times, but Ramadan is the only time of the year, me, my dad, my mom, my brother, we sit down and we eat together because you know that's when we break fast. Um, so that's why it's really special. So that time that we get together, and also I get to see more of my friends at the masjid. I uh, I get to see them when I go pray tarawih, and we get to hang out and talk. As after tarawih, we get to just sit down and, and talk at the masjid and just relax and catch up. 
uh, I think it's just really you know unifying us. You know, uh, you know Ramadan Yajmana. Like that's just that's how it's special, how it is, and and for me in America, it just brings us together. Man, it just like I feel like you just brought this to my attention. It's so weird because man, even in say in Yemen, in Yemen, okay, people have their like jobs and they work and but they still gather, man. I don't think that that gathering is yeah. always there and that's true like in america here it's missing they don't gather yeah. unless like okay ramadan wow yeah no no you're right ahmed i mean that's i feel like the biggest one of the biggest differences between in culture between america and maybe the middle east and the arab countries here yeah. in america i think everyone is more isolated more about themselves they don't f- focus on social or being you know the social aspect or gathering a lot um, and I think it's because how uh, the system here is just built up. It's like this. Uh, but in, yeah. Or actually, you, you know, I, I think like, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, you know, being individual and things like this for sure. I think it's, I think a lot has to do also do, a lot also has to do with how quick paced it is here. Like how fast things go. Like you go to the masjid and you have to come back. And then you have to do something else. And then you have to do something else. You have to sleep. And you, have, you know, like there's like, whereas I feel like in Saudi, at least the, the years that I was there, it was like you went to the masjid you took a nice walk to the masjid we, you went with your friends after after prayer you you know you talk you know talk to them hang out with them and then make your way back home whereas you know here it's like go to the masjid pray namaz and come back it is it's it's you know it's, it's a like structural a, it's like, yeah. yes yes Life. it's so fast whereas over there like you can hang out for a little bit you know i, I remember there were so many times when like on the way back from the masjid my my dad especially like he would walk back home with his friends we used to live like in a compound and literally, they would talk and talk, and they would be like, "Okay, we're leaving," and then something else. Come. And they would just stand there for such a long time and just have conversation. And then finally, they would break, and by that time, it's like Isha time, and you have to go back. And but there was no problem with that; like it was totally fine. Here, though, maybe maybe it's because we have to drive. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's I mean, just so fast. We, we do. You know, it's like we a... do drive over there. <laughs> no, 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 but but I mean like drive to like the masjids. You know, like where where you're yeah. going where, where the masjids yeah. because that's usually where a lot of our gatherings was like it was gather and go to the masjid and gather there and come back you know and like have those conversations whereas here is just i have to drive there then i have to drive to the masjid like driving everywhere yeah. and it's just you don't have enough yeah. time that you take and and those sorts of conversations I think that's maybe but a bit. honestly like yeah go ahead uh, what i liked what i liked here is like the role that the masjid plays man mm. it's different i loved it i mean the masjid here is not just like a place where you're gonna go pray Beside Quran yeah. and that's it. No, it serves as a community yeah, by yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I so much loved it. Like Al Jum'a khutbah. When you go to attend like khutbah for Al Jum'a prayer, it's special, man. You feel like the khatib or the imam is talking to you, and he means you. And it's just like it's a conversation between you and him. It's just it's not that way of giving information, and all you need is just like to follow. No, I mean if he gives a joke. You would see people smile or even laugh, and it's totally fine. You don't have that back back there in the Middle East in general. Like I love this fact about like masjids in here. It, it's amazing, and you bring your kids. It's like it's a school. It's not just masjid. It's a masjid and a school at the same time. So lovely, Stri- striking man. That 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 is. I, I do agree with that. One hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree with that because uh, that's how I feel. 
Uh, I mean, in Saudi, when we went to, to, to Friday prayer, like, obviously, I'm, I couldn't understand any, any Arabic. But when I do go in Pakistan, and I do understand Urdu, like, that's when it's just like, okay, that's the khutbah there versus the khutbah mm-hmm. that's here. And it's totally different. Very different. It's do, 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 exactly. don't, don't, don't. That's mm-hmm. the way they do it over there. That's crazy. Well, um, I, I really appreciate your guys' time. Uh, it's been a really great conversation. And uh, Ahmed, thank you so much for giving us insight on Yemen, on your experience, your journey. Habibi, it's been a great uh, content for all of us. You know, it's 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 life transforming. Thank you, guys. Let's keep in yeah, touch. Thanks, Ahmed. Thank you so much. The insight was was really great. Thanks so much for for being on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, time. thank you so much. Ahmed. Thank you.